welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. So, so Griffin. Yeah. So this is our 50th episode. I think so. Um, and so on, before we started, you know, before we hit that nice bright red record button, um, mm-hmm. I had this thought of what, what is our intro bit going to be today? And I couldn't does, think of anything. It's got to be a big one, obviously. Definitely. Um, but like we do, we do the big high energy thing a lot. We do. We um, come in hot a in, lot. We came in really hot last episode. We've done ASMR. Um, we've done like a like a news like radio done, show sort of intro. We've done musical numbers. Um, we've done like riddles. So yeah, no, like I guess our opening bit can be us mm-hmm. deciding what our opening bit is. That's fun. That's that's kind of charming. Uh, okay. I like that. Okay, so. Alright. Our opening, I like that. Our opening bit, um Pig Latin opening bit. Hmm. Uh, way Ute Ak Zay Oh, this is really hard to do. Uh <laughs> never mind. Fuck Pig Latin, am I right? Uh, yeah. well well anyway, I, I think I think if we just kind of take it be be charming with it in the start, then I think people will like it. Okay, so are we are we just gonna uh, take a few like us finding our our, our tagline. We just gotta yeah. Give, give it a few goes until something sticks, okay? Yeah. Okay. I got, I've got a, okay, I've got this big bowl of spaghetti and we have this okay. nice clean wall. Cool. So Are let's you just see what sticks. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to record. Alright, hit it in three, two, one. Welcome, I was so terrified for a second because I'm like, oh shit, we're going to get caught in a feedback loop. Um, <laughs> and then you just turned into a vampire. Bleeg. <laughs> oh my okay, goodness. So hello, it. hello everyone. Welcome back <laughs> to Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I'm Griffin. I am Zach, and um, I'm still recovering from that bullshit. Um, <laughs> but we're back with another episode. Um, and uh, this episode, I I, I I I was talking to Griff, and I was like, "Why don't we do something mm. just a little bit different?" You see, yeah. we at the pet shop, we spent a lot of time going through you know these books, these manuals, looking at all the things that like you know we could you know further our business with you know like would make good like pets mm-hmm. for you, but like we don't get a lot of time to shine on like the fantastic folks. That are all throughout the multiverse. Um, yeah. And so this episode is a full-length episode segment that I like to call... Holy shit! Oh my gods! These folks are fucking rad! Yeah. 
Nice. Um, but before we dive into that, I actually have a follow-up letter from a past uh, a, a, a fan right. letter that I think is worth is worth uh, uh, um, uh, uh, reading. So um, a while back, a we got a letter from a a friend of mine had sent uh, had forwarded a letter pretty much to us from a Mister Mortimer who's trying to start a multi-dimensional zoo. Um, that you know, asked for some suggestions, and we threw out a mm-hmm. few things like an iron scale basilisk from Theros. Um, Hydra. Uh, oh, sorry, yes, uh, Hydra. Um, a Merut for uh, uh, security purposes. Um, I'm trying. To, I don't remember everything else, but I got a letter with with uh, with, with Mr. Mortimer's thoughts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is uh, for for listeners curious. That is episode 47. If you want to go oh, back and awesome, listen, awesome, awesome. So. It says, so Mr. Mortar, Mortimer has finally had a chance to implement some of the changes that we've described and has asked, him, uh, asked them to report a few modifications to our records. First, frost salamanders can, in fact, tunnel through titanium. Shit. Okay, right. good to know. He would not recommend any rea- uh, interaction between a Marut and children under 12. I guess that's fair. We did kind of go off on like a fairyland tangent yep. there. A hydra can, in fact... Grow heads on the butt. Oh, this no. makes it very difficult to place in a petting zoo. That is extremely fair. The otters were delightful. Brad, thanks again for your help, Mister Mortimer. Looks, <laughs> looks forward to recommending you to his business competitors. So, there we are. The otters were delightful. The otters were delightful. Yes, excellent. Um, <laughs> holy shit! I, I think it's the phrase. The Hydra can, in fact, grow heads on the butt. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't considered that, but I mean, if it runs out of torso space... Grow them on the butt. Yeah. But anyway... Trickle, trickle, trickle down... Eco- nope, never mind. Trickle down economics. I... Do I do I say all my puns like that with the same shit eating grin? Because like, no. <laughs> no, I just added a lot of extra stink on that one. Wow. Uh, anyway, let's... it's worth it's worth mentioning to our listeners right now that as of recording this, I have been awake for approximately fifteen minutes. I'm so proud of you. Um, my sleep schedule is sideways. We don't need to talk about it, but. <laughs> Dude, this is what this is, we got some weird energy flowing in here, and I'm 100 percent down for it. All right, well, uh, on this on this first uh, segment of holy shit, oh my god, these folks are fucking rad. These folks are um, fucking rad. Yeah, as mentioned before, we're gonna be dipping into some of the just like kind of interesting and or weird folks that pop up uh, specifically i think we're going to be entirely in the og owner's manual i think we are this episode for the first time in a long time for the first time in a long time i I don't i I thought you were going i thought you were going frozen there i think i was starting to and then i pivoted for some reason and then i don't know i try hey Sometimes trying to go like first time in forever, yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I thought you were going for. Um, but then I just I chickened out. Well, for the um, first time in forever, let us start this wonderful segment of holy shit! Oh my gods, these folks these are fucking folks rad. Are fucking rad. 
Uh, we're going to start off with someone that, like, like I, I've always looked at these people and be like, man, I just want to talk about them. They're very cool, but they're they're people, so, you know, we can never do it. But that's what this segment's all about, is talking yeah. about the people that we can't normally talk about. And those people are Thrycreen. Thrycreen. Thrycreen are essentially, like, mantis people, kind of. Hell yeah. They're tall, insectoid folks. Um, they've got a, sort of a, a, the the image in the owner's manual. It's sort of a orange kind of chitinous body with some like reds and purples thrown in. Uh, four arms. The top set being a, a, a quite a bit longer, I think, than the second set, uh, and just a big old bug head. Um, with, you know, with some mandibles on the front. That was good mandible sound. Hey, thank you. Thrycreen wander the deserts and savannas of the world, avoiding all other races. Thrycreen communication. Thrycreen employ a language without words. To show emotion and reaction, a Thrycreen clacks its mandibles and waves mm. its antennae, giving other Thrycreen a sense of what it is thinking and feeling. Kind of like deer, you know, like white-tailed deer, how they got the tail yeah. and, they, and they flick it. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird flag code yeah. for <laughs> insects. Other creatures find this manner of communication difficult to interpret and impossible to duplicate. When mm. forced to interact with creatures of other intelligent species, Thrycreen employ alternative methods of uh, communication, such as drawing pictures in the sand or making pictures out of twigs or blades of gla- grass. That's cute. That's kind of cute. Limited emotions. Thrykreen experience the full range of emotions, but aren't as prone to emotional outbursts as humans. Thrykreen, with psionic ability, often demonstrate a wider range of emotions, particularly if they live near or interact with humans or other highly emotional creatures. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> if your brain is supercharged in, 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 with the ability to do psionics, then yeah. yeah, you're a bit of an empath. For real, though. Isolationists and wanderers. Thrycreen consider all other living creatures as potential nourishment, and they oh. love the taste of elf flesh in particular. Ah, cool, cool, If a cool. creature might be useful for something other than food, the Thrycreen aren't likely to attack it on sight. Thrycreen killed to survive, never for sport. Okay, but, yeah, okay, yeah. Sleepless. Thrycreen Ooh. don't require sleep and can rest while remaining alert and performing light tasks. Their inability Man, I wish. I know, right? Their inability to sleep is thought to be the reason why Thrycreen have such short lifespans. The average Thrycreen life expectancy being only 30 years. Ow. Yeah. Huh. That's weird. That feels wonky to me just in terms of like from a from a writing standpoint of like they don't sleep. So fuck them. Like, <laughs> well, it's like you know how you would think. Like, good. Well, you know how like we spend like a third of our life in sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, at least the the normal person does. Hi. Yeah. Uh, um. So it's <laughs> like, yeah, they they get that 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 extra third all the time. So like, I just feel like it's uh, it's it's an interesting design choice to be like or. or if we're talking about if we're if we're if we're trying to apply the like rules of evolution yes to d and d creatures, then I don't know. I feel like them evolving or developing the process to be sleepless feels almost like a detriment to them at that point. yeah, but I don't know. I'm going on a weird tangent. 
Some Thrykreen employ special martial weapons. A Githka is a two-handed polearm with a blade at each end. And a, oh god, Chatkcha. Here, I'm, I'm flipping. C-H-A-T-K-C-H-A. Unless it's a, unless it's, that's a wonky H at the start, it might be a Katcha. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not a, gonna claim to know how that's pronounced. It is a triangle. It is a flat triangular wedge with three serrated blades, a light thrown weapon. Yeah, it looks like a big, like a almost like a big shuriken. Yeah, exactly. that you grab in the center. Yeah, and then you just sort of whip the thing. Yeah, and then it becomes a death frisbee. Okay, I love a good death frisbee. Am I right? <laughs> A why don't why don't ultimate frisbee players play with serrated frisbees? That's what I want to know. Yeah, that would make them a lot more ultimate. Just yeah, like you're calling it ultimate and you're not. It's not a blood sport. Please, please come back when it's a blood sport. A few Thrycreen manifest psionic abilities, using their powers <laughs> to aid in the hunt and communicate more easily with outsiders. A uh, was a psionic Thrycreen has telepathy out to a range of sixty feet and gains the following additional trait. Oh, it gets some psionic spellcasting, like Mage Hand, yeah. Blur, Magic Weapon, and Invisibility. Dope. Uh, all Thrykreen do have a chameleon carapace and can sort oh. of and can sort of camouflage. Nice. And they have a big standing leap. Their their long jump is up to thirty feet, uh, and high jump is up to fifteen. What? And that's with or without a running start. Excuse me? Yeah, they're they're like uh like the grung. They got that that big leap. So they could oh god. Like 30 feet's a long distance. That's a, a long distance, homie. And they can just I'm looking up real quick the world record long jump. Okay. <laughs> world record long athletics long jump. Uh uh Olympic records is under is just under 30 feet. So just just cuz like I have a hard time visualizing distances sometimes. But like and I was thinking like 30 feet seems like a really long time. Am I right? And I was like and this is with the run up. This is the classic Olympic long yeah. jump where they fucking sprint 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 sprint. Yeah! And yeah, the world record is 29 feet four and a fourth inches four and a quarter inches yeah they can just sort of be like you know like stand up off the couch and be like oh i gotta get to the rowing yeah and 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 then just spring to the fridge for a beer like (laughs) and then standing long jump record is 13 feet that's still crazy but that's still crazy for for a human yeah uh but yeah and then high jump what's what's the record high jump uh high jump does high jump have a category? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm th- yeah. They have to. It's kind of like the pole vault. They have to run and they have to jump over yes. the over the thing. As soon as I saw the picture, I saw it. Um, scuba da ba ba ba. Eight and a quarter feet. They can get fifteen. They can almost double that. <laughs> Yikes! And that's just, just the what, visual of that is so scary. I'm <laughs> a, a big bug person, like <laughs> throwing death frisbees at you mm. midair. Yeah, just get thirty of of a fifteen foot aerial and just shkah, shkah, throwing See, down now, death frisbee. Now I want to watch the Thrycreen death frisbee, uh, death ultimate frisbee. Yeah, that'd be they, pretty cause, intense. Because they'd you know be like, 
winging it like real high, but they've got the ups to get it. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, it would be entertaining as shit. You would really need to, I feel like, extend the length of the field. Oh this yeah, another thing in Ultimate where you, once you get the disc, you can only run so far. Well, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a. Uh, the people you're playing with, because, like, I've been, like, once you grab it, you have to stop, but then, like, I've also got, like, once you make, you got that frisbee, you could take, like, three steps. Yeah, so if they take the three steps, they could just go one, two, three-foot hop. <laughs> one, two, bound. One, two, bound. Jesus Christ. I feel like when anyone's got that amount of ups, any sport just becomes cooler. Like, yeah. if we're going to our usual realm of of, of sporting events, like literally, like like basketball, oh, it's like it's like slam ball, yeah. yeah. Oh, slam ball with these boys. <laughs> well, like they've got, got the four arms too, so like you know, like that that ball handling, they can really get fancy with that. Yeah. Well, just because they have four arms doesn't mean they necessarily have the like inherent coordination well, yes. four balls simultaneously but, I'm, but like if you're a member of you know the thry cream slam ball like you know a league you're probably gonna have that 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 you know particular amount of dexterity fair enough fair enough i concede <laughs> <laughs> that is bonkers you know but um, like imagine like you know, they've already got those ups but then you add the trampolines into the mix like the, like the baskets have to be like you know, like forty feet up at least. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm imagining like some free floating oh, baskets, yeah. almost or like, on like yeah. kind of steampunk style like floaters, where yeah. there's the little like propeller platform that just has a, a basket attached to it. That's pretty good. This is just becoming a a, a a game in Fall Guys. Like, yeah, this is just turning into a Fall Guys game, and I'm here for that. Yeah. Now, yeah, just gonna let us get an extra set of arms of Fall Guys there, devs. Yeah, hey devs, when are we getting a second set of arms for our beans? Yeah, my bean needs another set of arms. Um, I already have an owl head. I need more arms. Exactly. I don't need another dove bit. I need yeah. two more arms, please and thank you. More more arms to waggle around while I'm falling. Yes, while my guy falls. Yeah. My guy falls. <laughs> guy falls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Thry Cream, they're kind of rad. Bond, Guy Fall. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Thry Cream are great. They're a a, a, a a race of humanoids that I've always appreciated, and I'm glad we got a chance to talk about them, Griff. Yeah, it's weird sort of deserty insect boys and girls yeah. and envies. Hey, remember that time in another path where we almost fought a Thrycreen, but then we yeah. didn't? I scared it off, I think, didn't I? With your drum. Oh, that's right. Oh, my sweet drum. We never got you another drum, did we? I never wanted another drum. If if you if you know what we're talking about, hey, what up, another hey. path, folks? If not, you should go watch <laughs> a, listen to another path. It's a good time. Uh, also, we're like we're this is this is episode fifty for Pet Shop. Uh, we're getting reasonably close to a hundred for another path. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're. I think we 80s? just dropped eighty-one. Maybe. Like, yeah, we just dropped eighty-one. <laughs> so a backlog. Yo. Yeah. Anyway, 
that that gonna that gonna do it for us on Thrycreens? I think that's gonna do it for us on Thrycreen. Neat. All right. Well then, uh, I hey, hey Zach Rob, I got some folks who are fucking rad. Oh okay, who are these folks that are fucking rad? Uh, I kind of want to talk about devils. The devil in D and D. Okay. Uh, specifically, I want to talk about the the big daddy of all devils, and that's the pit fiend. Oh yeah, but a little bit about devils in general, because yeah, I think devils. I I, I I've always enjoyed hey, Griff, the. It's me, a pit fiend. Pit fiend, is that you? It it it's me, the pit fiend. Oh hey, I, I've been on Zach's desk fan. the whole time. Wow, I know. Zach had a a pit fiend figurine. Yeah, uh, a mini pit fiends are pretty yeah. cool. I think I, I for someone who doesn't like I've never really run a published like D and D adventure, mm-hmm. and sometimes the the lore of D and D gets a little much for me. But I, I I've always kind of I I really enjoy the differences between like the devils and demons, the two different types of fiends. Mm-hmm. I really love the cut the like duality between the lawful evil and the chaotic evil of these mofos. And the devils are are interesting, despite how much of it is kind of... It's such a weird mishmash of different mythologies, all kind of thrown into the same land. Because there's the nine layers of hell, which is very Dante. Yep. And then there's, like, the river, straight up the river Styx, which is just straight up Greek mythology. And the different, like, arc devils are wild and the lore between them because like tiamat was one of them at one point yeah and just like the different layers of hells and the 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 devil's like hierarchy and how that works so you basically you've got in this in this hierarchy you've got uh i'm just gonna read a bit about the hierarchy oh hit me with that hierarchy yeah the nine hells has a rigid hierarchy that defines every aspect of its society asmodeus it's not asmodeus don't at me is the supreme ruler of all the devils and the only creature in the nine hells with the powers of a lesser god. Worshipped as such in the material plane, Asmodeus inspires the evil humanoid cults that take his name. In the nine hells, he commands scores of pit fiend generals, which in turn command legions of subordinates. A supreme tyrant, a brilliant deceiver, and a master of subtlety, Asmodeus protects his throne by keeping his friends close and enemies closer. He delegates most matters of rulership of the pit fiends, uh, to the pit fiends, rather, and lesser arc devils that make up the infernal bureaucracy of the Nine Hells. If uh, a devil dies outside of the Nine Hells, they disappear in a cloud of sulfurous smoke or dissolve into a pool of ichor, instantly returning to its home lair where it reforms at full strength. Devils that die in the Nine Hells are destroyed forever, a fate that even Asmodeus fears. So you've got the various arc devils, each that rule sort of a layer of hell. You have greater devils, which include pit fiends, aranyeses, horned devils, and ice devils. Lesser devils, which are a bunch of different ones. Imps, chain devils, spine devils, beard devils, etc. And then lemures. And lemures, we're going to talk about the bottom of the of the, the pecking order. Yeah, yeah the, the bottom and then rung. The, and then the top rung. Because lemures are just this sort of sludge pile of yeah. a person. Like, they're, they're just great. this, they're just, th- they look like they're made of silly putty. Yes. Like, <laughs> they look like someone took a big wad of, like, gum or, like, silly putty and, 
and like, started started making a person. Well, it, it's it was gum that um, Asmodeus like peeled off his shoe, spit on, and then just went, "Hey, go kill some people." And it was like, "Okay, okay." A Lemur arises when a mortal soul is twisted by evil and banished to the nine hells for eternity. The lowest type of devil, Lemurs, are repugnant, shapeless creatures doomed to suffer torment until they are promoted to a higher form of devil, most commonly an imp. Yeah, so the weird thing about the devil hierarchy is that, like, the the shape that one's, one individual takes changes based on your rank. It's not like you're an imp that can climb the ranks and it's like, ah, now I'm a rank three imp. No, it's like when you... If if an imp is promoted, an imp no longer becomes an imp and then, then be, instead becomes a spined devil. So the individual, like, I guess soul or, or intelligence or personality stays the same, I'm guessing. But, like, the body will just straight up shift into something else. Weird. Yeah, So the, and the same thing happens for demotions. So if an imp gets demoted, they get turned back into a lemur. Huh. But, like, the devils also have, like, each devil has a specific sort of, like, tendency or job. Um, like, I was telling Zach this before the recording, the Aranyes is directly inspired from the Furies from Greek mythology. And so the Furies have a very specific job. The Aranyeses have a very specific job. And so I guess when you get promoted into a spot, you just take on that spot and take on that role. It's interesting. Like, I, I want to I wanna know... I want to extrapolate more about, like, the personality of a single devil that goes through the ranks. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But in this infernal bureaucracy, it means that a, a, a wee Lemur has the potential, theoretically, to rise all the way up to a pit fiend. And if that's not opportunity, I don't know what is. <laughs> is there, like, their source code rewritten or something? It's like, all right, you're this thing now. Or is it just like, it's like, all right, this is the role I'm in. I got to be a go-getter. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I feel like it could be a little of both, yeah? Because they're because their names don't change. Because the, the, this D&D does that thing where, like, devils have, like, their true name. That yeah. if you say it, it like they're like, ah, how did you know? Um, so, like, I imagine that that name doesn't change as they get promoted and whatnot. There's a a dreaded pit fiend, and in, in, in the the you know, in hell has commanded armies for centuries. Mm-hmm. The dreaded pit fiend, Helga. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be terrified. Or like this is Gene. Yeah. So I'm gonna touch a little bit on this promotion and demotion right, segment. Hit me with it. Um, because maybe it'll it'll shed some light. Archdevils and Greater Devils have the power to promote Lemures and Lesser Devils. Asmodeus alone can promote a Greater Devil to Archdevil status. This diabolical promotion invokes a brief, painful transformation, ah, with the Devil's memories passing intact from one form to the next. Okay. Low-level promotions are typically based on need, such as when a pit fiend transforms lemures into imps to gain invisible spies under its command. High-level promotions are almost always based on merit, such as when a bone devil distinguishes itself in battle and transforms into a horn devil by the arc devil it serves. 
A, a, a double is seldom promoted more than one step at a time in the hierarchy of infernal forms. But that theoretically means that it's possible. That means theoretically, if a pit fiend like took or Asmodeus took like really took a real shine to a Lemur, be like, you know what? I want you to lead my 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 demons in the battle. You're a pit fiend now, boy. And it just <laughs> you know what, Penny? I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take a chance on you. You've earned it. <laughs> Demotion is the customary punishment for failure or for disobedience among the devils. Archdevils or greater devils can demote a lesser devil into a Lemur, which loses all memories of its prior existence. Huh. So that is like the ultimate punishment then, I guess. You've got to start from the bottom again. Yikes. An Arc Devil can demote a greater devil to a lesser devil, but the demoted devil retains its memories. They might seek vengeance if the severity of the demotion is excessive. No devil can promote or demote another devil that has not sworn fealty to it, preventing rival archdevils from demoting each other's most powerful servants. Ah. Hmm. See, that's just kind of what I wanted to get into. Like, like the idea, the, the concept of this hierarchy is very interesting to me. And they have some very important clauses in there. They must have had some really good, some crack lawyers working on this sort of system. Yeah, I mean, like, because, yeah, devils deal in, in contracts and deals. So, yeah, they're absolutely, like, really good lawyers. Oh, definitely, yeah. Is there any merit in a, 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 maybe, a maybe a movie where... It's the lawyer to the s- devils? Well, no, it's a, it's a devil who, well... Okay, both could be funny because the fir- my first thought was a, uh, a a human man who is stuck in in legal trouble and summons a devil to be his lawyer, <laughs> like goes through the full on like Doctor Faustus ritual to summon a devil and just like look look Levistus, I just need like I just need a crack in a legal case, like I just need. Like, you know, some help here. See, I thought you were going to go the other way with it, where it's it, it, uh, 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 Sherry Stein the, is the, the crack uh, uh, prosecuting attorney at her law firm. And one day, our dear friend Mephistopheles gives a call, and she's whisked away to hell. No, that would also be very good. Be very, I think so I, you've got tiny, tiny Sherry who's you know, sitting there with a briefcase and some pit, like. Uh, so what's the problem? This pit fiend's like, my ex-wife isn't paying me alimony. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, I think I can help with that. <laughs> but Sherry, like Sherry, don't take no shit from people. Either. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, no, she she really uh, she 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 has to keep that hard that hard facade up. Are these mm-hmm. are these devils are going to walk all over? Yeah. In the end, she does such a great job. She gets an honorary promotion. That's right. It's oh, oh it's like like an honor like an honorary degree. Yeah, she's she, she becomes she, an she's honorary a, greater devil. Yeah, there you are. Honorary Aaron, yes. <laughs> what what what's the tagline for this TV show? Hmm. 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 There's something there's something I want to say about like um you know like well if it's a if it's a like classic movie tagline yeah. it's like Sherry Stein uh Sherry Stein gives them hell it's pretty good like it's pretty good yeah I was trying to th- do like, something with hell like this this summer like 
that or if Jerry you or if you want to if it's like more like in you know, like an Ally McBeal like sort of thing where it's mm-hmm. like it's like yeah you know, she's a, a a hell of a lawyer but she's also a woman and it's like <laughs> and it, it's like hell just got hotter ooh that's pretty good yeah 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 that's my attempt well we both put one forward put and one now forward. now the viewers can decide yes there we are the listeners damn it. And what, they view that it's on whatever We've podcast We've been podcasting you're... for so long, and we still say that. I mean, <laughs> it's an easy mistake. Yeah. But anyway, Devils. That's that's more or less all I have on Devils. I just kind of just frankly wanted to talk about Devils yeah, for a little fair. bit. I didn't, I didn't talk about Pit Fiends at all. They're huge and scary. That's all you need to know. Yes, they, they big, they scary. It's all about the Chain Devil, though. Anyway. Um, chain Devils, Chain Devils kinky. They, they're pretty kinky. Yeah. Speaking of kinky, nope, it's not Grumble this week. Um, <laughs> I think we're I think we're still on with our sponsors from uh, Spirituality. Spirituality. Cool, I think so. So uh, thank you once again, folks from Spirituality. Uh, why don't you Why don't you hear it from them? Are you looking for work in a calm, relaxing environment? Do you have a fondness for artisanal teas and comfort? Do you consider yourself undead? Well, Spirituality would like you to join our family. Spirituality, a second chance employment tea house for the undead, is a place for those having difficulty adjusting to their new sense of unlife. We understand that dying is hard, and readjusting after the fact can be even harder. Employment at Spirituality is a way for those troubled souls and shambling bodies to begin reintegrating into a living society. Spirituality is 100% undead owned and operated. A majority of our tea leaves are locally sourced from graveyards, cemeteries, and small businesses, and the blends are assembled in-house by expert sommeliers. Every cup, dish, pot, and platter is also made with love by the hands of the unliving. Don't have a corporeal form anymore? That's all right. We have a number of service and accounting positions that would benefit from your ghostly presence. We offer fair and competitive wages But spirituality does not have a comprehensive benefits package because, let's face it, we don't need it anymore. Go to PetShopCast.com to see if there's a spirituality in your area. Come join the family of the unique up-and-coming tea house that Timeless Magazine calls a horrid and inviting place for brunch. Spirituality. No life. No worries. So we're back. Thank you very much, Spirituality, for another fantastic uh, 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 ad spot. We appreciate your support. If you're a zombie, if you're a skeleton, if you're like a demi-lich and you don't want to be a demi-lich anymore and you're like, fuck, why did I become a lich? And like now you don't know what your purpose in life is, yeah, go it, work at a tea shop. Yeah, it's, it's like a tattoo, you know? Like once you get the tattoo, you're like, fuck, I'm a lich forever now. Yeah. I just kind of blended my analogy in the actual example a little bit, but you know, I'm fine with it. Mm. Anyway, now we're talking about Slod or Sloddy. Slade? Sloddy, Sloddy, I think, is the... Well, I say I would 
my pronunciation in my head is slod. But yeah, sloddy is the plural. In the ever-changing chaos of limbo, bits of forest and meadow, ruined castles and isolated islands drift from a tumult. A uh, uh, tumult? Yeah, tumult. Through a tumult of fire, water, earth, and wind. The foremost inhabitants of this inhospitable plain are the toad-like sloddy. Sladi are undisciplined and have no formal hierarchy, although weaker Sladi obey stronger ones under threat of annihilation. Yeah, so these guys are like big... Bad toad aliens. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The spawning stone, long ago primus overlord of the Modrons, created a gigantic, geometrically complex stone imbued with the power of law. He then cast it adrift in limbo, believing that the stone would bring order to the chaos of that plane and halt the spread of chaos to other planes. As the stone's power grew, it became possible for creatures with ordered minds such as Modrons and Githzerai to create enclaves in Limbo. However, Primus's creation had an unforeseen side effect. The chaotic energy absorbed by the stone spawned the horrors that came to be known as Slotty. Sages refer to Primus's massive creation as the spawning stone for this reason. The Way sl- to go, Primus. I know, Primus. You jag. The Slotty wiped out every last Modron enclave in Limbo. As well, creatures of utter chaos, Slotty loathed Modrons and attacked them on sight. Nonetheless, Primus stands by his creation and either doesn't perceive the Slotty as threats or chooses to ignore them. What a fucking dick, God, Primus. Primus, you shit. Dick. What the fuck? Birth and transformation. No, no it's fine. It's, Don't worry it'll about be okay. It. It's, it's not, be though, fine. Primus. Primus, it's it's eating your cousin right now. It's not it'll a big deal. It'll be fine deal. in like in like three hundred thousand iterations. It'll be fine. Fucking Primus. <laughs> Birth and transformation. Slotty have horrific cycles of reproduction. Slotty, oh, that's, re- a, that's a fucking sentence. All right, Slotty reproduce either by implanting humanoid hosts with eggs or by infecting oh. them with a transformative disease called chaos phage. Oh, each color of slot rep- uh, reproduces or transforms in a different way. With red Slotty spawning blue and green Slotty, and blue Slotty spawning red and green. Each green slot undergoes a lifelong cycle of transformation into the more powerful uh, gray or death slotty. <sighs> With each transformation, the slot retains its memories. Shape changers. <laughs> oh, sorry, on, the color, the 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 color options there is very. It was very like a twisted Captain Planet. Yeah, because it's like red, blue, green, gray, death. death. <laughs> Fuck hard. I'm all about death, baby. <laughs> Captain Chaos. Yeah. Captain Chaos. Captain Limbo. Where are the Limbo tears? You can Limbo. be one too. <laughs> Cause fucking up Limbo is the thing to do. Yeah. Looting and polluting is the way. <laughs> Let's hear what Captain Limbo has to say. Holy shit, Zach. (laughs) Thank you. That was really good. (laughs) Uh, Now, Captain Planet would say the power is yours. What would Captain Limbo say? Um, Fuck you, kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
shape get changers. Bent. <laughs> get bent, children. Some slotted can transform into the humanoid creatures from which they had were originally spawned. These slotty return to the material plane to sow discord in the guise of their former selves. That scans. So red slot, when a red slot claws a humanoid creature, it can inject an egg from a gland under one of its claws. The egg works its way into the host and gestates, eventually forming a slot tadpole. Such That's a tadpole fucked. then eats its way out of the host's body. That's fucked. Feeds on the host's remains. And then seeks any other flesh it can find. The tadpole transforms into a fully grown blue slot or green slot if the host had the ability to cast third level spells or higher within 2d12 hours. Ha. Yeah. Yeah, so as, as you as you go through the variations, I'll give descriptions of like the kind of physicality. Red slot look like just kind of your big, they look like a big red battle toad, really. Definitely, um, yeah. Stand on two legs, got the long, elongated arms, big, mean claws. They got the weird bendy frog legs. Yep. Um, just a big, mean, nasty face. And they're, and they're red. Yes, and they're red. Blue. Red. The bone hooks that protrude from the back of a blue slot's hands inflict a terrible transformative disease on humanoids wounded by them. This infection, called Chaos Phage, transforms its victims into a fully grown red slot or green slot if the host is, was a spellcaster able to cast their uh, level spells or higher. Yeah, the blue ones are a lot bigger, oh, a lot like a lot hulkier. Oh, they're real big. They kind of walk on, it seems like they can walk kind of on their front palms, kind of like a, a la a gorilla. But yeah, they got these big two bone hooks that kind of wolverine out of the back of their hands. Yep. And just got a big, mean, nasty face. Oh, that nasty face, though. And they're drooling. Green Slotty are surprisingly intelligent and possess innate spellcasting ability. A green Slot can change its shape to appear as a humanoid. If it was born of a humanoid host, the slot usually adopts its uh, host's form. At some unpredictable point in its existence, a green slot unlocks the means to magically, instantly, and permanently transform itself into a gray slot. Unlocking this knowledge can take years, even decades. Wow. Weird. Green slot, kind of more... Less less elongated, more kind of more kind of humanoid shaped a little bit. A little more rotund too. A little more rotund. They, they're carrying like they're actually like wearing kind of like trappings and clothes and carry a staff. They have a monk. This it's got, a, it's this got book a, has a monkey. It's got a capuchin on it. Yeah, it's got a fucking monkey on its shoulder, um, and just like a big old mean nasty face. Yeah. <laughs> That's been the description you've used for all of them. That's yeah. the big old mean nasty face. Yeah, and I'm going to continue with the other two as well. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so the gray slot. Outside of limbo, gray slotty act as living extensions of the will of their masters, the death slotty. A gray Ooh. slot journeys to the material plane on errands of doom, often taking humanoid <laughs> form. <laughs> Sorry, I just wasn't expecting that. You put some real good stink on that. Hey, thank you. Errands of doom. <laughs> I must destroy them and pick up egg whites. <laughs> You're on fucking fire this segment. Thank you. Holy shit. A gray slide learns how to master the use of a great sword and imbue it with its own innate magic. A gray slot that eats the entire corpse of a dead death slot instantly transforms into a death slot. 
Yikes. Graceland look a bit more sleek. Yeah. Um, they look a bit more kind of amphibian like. Um, the head's a little sleeker. There's webbing beneath the claw or between the claws. They've got like like a uh, 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 webbing or like kind of like the weird ridges you'll see on fish. There's a name for that. Fins, I guess. Yeah. Um, kind of looks like fins between. Kind of like a squirrel suit, you know, for like... Like, for like how Spider-Man has sometimes, when he has like yeah. the, 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 the little web thing that goes between the arms and the torso. And I don't know why this is my instinct, but this gray slot looks like he could be a stage magician, just See, with I, the stance. I was going like, to say he looks more like a pro wrestler to me. That's... I mean, that, there's a... Somewhere between those two is the right answer. Yes, definitely. Um, and then he's got just a big old mean nasty face. And he, 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 those, those bone hooks are back too, apparently. On the back of the hands. Oh, you're right. But these these have become full on like Wolverine claws. Yeah, <laughs> and stuff. Big old nasty face. Yeah. And then lastly, the Death Slot. Death Slot are suffused with energy from the negative energy uh, plane and exemplify evil's corruption of chaos. And they take sadistic pleasure in bringing harm to others. They propagate their race by dragooning mobs of red and blue slotty and invading other planes. Humanoids yeah. who survive the incursion become incubators for new slotty. Gross. And then apparently they have some sort of control gem. Well, hang on. Let me describe the death Oh, slot. yes. Um, take all the other four and smush them together. It's big, it's mean, it's got horns, it's got, I think, two sets of bone claws that run up the forearm. Uh, kind of dark gray, kind of pushing, like, dark slate black in color. No pupils in those eyes on that big old mean nasty face. And that big old mean nasty face. <laughs> they also have, like, there's like an armpit hook. Nice. You see that? I'm scrolling over. Yeah, like it, kinda, it looks hook. like an armpit hook. It's kind of weird. I wonder why it's there. Uh, I wonder what its purpose is. As the slot emerges from the spawning stone, the stone magically implants a fragment of itself in the slot's brain. Oof. This fragment takes the form of a magic gem roughly the size and shape of a human child's fist. The gem is the same color as the slot. Another creature can use a magic to draw forth a slot's gem and use it to subjugate the slot. The slot must obey whoever possesses its gem. If a slot's mm. gem is destroyed, the slot can no longer be controlled in this way. A slot born uh, from something other than the spawning stone has no gem in its brain, but it gains one if it ever comes into contact with the spawning stone. Interesting. Slotty on limbo are attracted to the spawning stone, so most end up with a gem. Wait, one second. <laughs> Yeah? You can, like, wish for a a Slod's control gem, apparently. Gross. Why would wish. you want that? Because then you can control Slod. I think there's that's a there's a there's a, a a subtle irony there in that these beings of spawned of pure chaos have a fucking control chip planted in their brains. Yeah, hey, Primus, I don't know if he was trying to think ahead, but it, he definitely got him there. Primus is a dick. Primus is an asshole, guys. Hey, have you ever meet Primus? Punch him in the fucking face. You will then get slam dunked by a Marut, but like... Oh, definitely. 
But I mean, you punched Primus in the face. That's a, that's a hell of a way to go out. Yeah, you can for like it, you, like if you somehow survive, you can always say that you punched Primus in the face, or when you're dead in the yeah. afterlife. How'd you die? Ah, I punched Primus in the face. Like that's a, nice. like oh, you get some respect in the, that afterlife. Oh shit! You immediately become like an ice devil. Oh, most yeah. If, if you end up in the hells, yes. If you go yeah. to like Valhalla. Or something like all them warriors are gonna be like, hell yes, you did. <laughs> that is a great story. Thank you, Jarl. You're you're welcome. <laughs> Anything else you want to say on Slotty? Slotty gross. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, friends, for our last critter of the day, moving away from Slod. Uh, we're gonna be talking about another thing that you know is way too cool for to be in our shop. Oh, definitely. And that that is the Sphinx. The Sphinx. Yes, there are two types of Sphinxes: the Andro Sphinx and the Gyno Sphinx. I think that just determines what gender the like humanoid head part is. Yeah, Andro Sphinx being male and Gyno Sphinx being female. Well, yeah, it's funny because it says that they have humanoid heads, but like the art, they don't have humanoid heads. <laughs> I mean, they do. In a way, it's the, just also... The, the, the face. Yeah, like, it's just still got the feline, you know? I guess, but like... Either yeah. way, they're really cool, so... Yeah. In sacred isolation, a sphinx guards the secrets and treasures of the gods as it calmly regards each new party that comes before it. The bones of supplicants and quest seekers that failed to pass its tests lie scattered around its lair. Its great wings sweep along the flanks, its tawny, leonine body rippling with muscle and possessed of forepaws powerful enough to tear a humanoid in half. Oh, shit. So I guess real quick, I, I imagine that most folks have an understanding of what a sphinx is just from mythologies. But yeah, they are kind of akin to a griffin in a sense, in a way. but more more feline. Yes. They have the sort of... A lion-like body with the coloration and the fur, the big mane around the face, um, two large wings that frankly appear to be made of the same fur, which is upsetting. <laughs> furry wings. Or similar colored feather. Yeah, I think it's funnier if it's furry wings. That's though. fair. That's fair. And then, yeah, it's sort of distinctly humanoid face um, in its structure, but at least in the picture here of this Andro Sphinx has the same coloration of the fur has some like pupilless eyes has some the nose is is kind of distinctly feline yeah the nose and mouth you got the sort of the kitty face but mm-hmm. but it's that's a dude's face like yeah divine guardians sphinxes test the worth of those who seek the treasure of the gods whether forgotten secrets or mighty spells artifacts or magical gateways creatures that choose to face a sphinx test are bound to that test unto death and only those worthy will survive it the rest the Sphinx destroys. Some Sphinxes are high priests of the gods that create them, but most are simply embodied spirits brought into the mortal realm by devout prayer or direct intervention. A Sphinx maintains its vigil tirelessly, not needing to sleep or eat. It rarely engages with others of its kind, knowing no other life except its sacred mission. The secrets and treasures of a Sphinx guard, uh, a Sphinx guards remain under divine protection, so that when a creature fails a Sphinx's test, the path to the object or knowledge it guards vanishes. Even if a Sphinx is attacked and defeated, a quester will still fail to gain that secret it sought, 
and will make an enemy of the god that placed the Sphinx as a guardian. Benign deities sometimes grant a Sphinx the power to remove supplicants that fail their tests, transporting them away and ensuring they never encounter the Sphinx again. However, those who fail a Sphinx's test typically meet a gruesome end beneath its claws. A conversation with a Sphinx that begins between tumbled stone walls might suddenly shift to an alien locale, such as a life-sized game board, or a daunting cliff that must be climbed in a howling storm. So, you know, they can just kind of bamf you around to their, to their desires. That's pretty cool. Whether through weariness of the ages, regrets at the slaughter of innocence, or dreams of worship by supplicants that attempt to bargain their way to knowledge, some sphinxes break free of their divine command. However, even if a sphinx's alignment and loyalties drift in this way, it never leaves the place it guards or grants its secrets to any except creatures it deems worthy. Yeah, so now here, here's here's my question. Mm-hmm. Well, because like you know, when I think of the sphinx, I of course you'll think of like you know like Oedipus, um, yeah. and, and you know the the, the sphinx's riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, has there ever been like a sphinx that like you know like, it, but like. His jokes are always like shitty, like dirty jokes, and so people are like, "Fuck, Randy, I don't, I don't want to do this again." And he's like, eh, <laughs> "Come on, you gotta laugh at the Sphinx's jokes." Is that the test? Yeah, I, I, I think you have to. It, it, when it comes to Randy the Sphinx, you have to just like humor him until he lets you go. <laughs> yeah, I think traditionally, classically, the Sphinx's test is in the form of like a riddle. Yeah. A riddle like this, Sackrob. Oh. Oh, no. What is always old and sometimes new, never sad, sometimes blue, never empty, but sometimes full, never pushes, but always pulls. Okay, one more time. What is always old and something new, sometimes new, never sad, sometimes blue, never empty, sometimes full, never pushes, always pulls. I don't know. It's a motherfucker. I'll tell you that one. Uh, oh, uh, the 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 ocean. I don't know. You're close. It was the moon. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up the uh, Sphinx riddles from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> That's that. that but yeah, I, I think yeah, I think traditionally, like in 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 the Odyssey, the OG Odyssey, that the Sphinx is riddle based, um, and I think it says here in the owner's manual that the Gyno Sphinx is fond of riddles. They ask riddles and present puzzles to test the wit of supplicants that come to learn their secrets. Andro Sphinxes test the courage and valor of supplicants. By not only forcing them to complete quests, but also with its terrible roar, which echoes for miles as it terrifies and deafens nearby creatures. Hmm. Which, yeah, the Androsphinx in the stat block has a thing where it roars, and based on which roar it is, one, two, or three, has a different effect. The first roar frightens. Uh, The second roar deafens and frightens. And a frightened creature in this way, it becomes paralyzed. Nice. And the third roar deals just a shit ton of thunder damage. Nice. 8d10 thunder damage. And is knocked prone. Yeah. But yeah, they have a bevy of magic at their disposal. It does say in Andrew's Sphinx, uh, those who pass its tests may be rewarded with a hero's feast. Oh, nice. 
which I think is delightful. That's pretty. He's like, hey, you know what? You're pretty cool. Let me cook for you. Yeah. It's like, nah, okay, I'll admit that joke. That one is a real stinker, but you played along. So, like, come here. Yeah. I'll make you some Brenner. Yeah. You, you, you humor Randy now. He's like, all right, let me conjure you up some grub. <laughs> and you're like, thanks, Randy. Thanks, Randy. Fucking Randy. Fucking Randy. What other, what other fun Sphinx tests are there? Um, is one of them just like the SATs? Like you have to take a oh, written, it, like written exam- a multiple See, choice test. I want it to be like where like there's a, a just a really kind of like stone face like Sphinx, and it's like the mm-hmm. test is you have to make them laugh. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. So it's like it's like that that Penn and Teller show where you have to like you know, do the magic trick and like trick them. You gotta you gotta come up with something that they haven't seen before. You know, so that mm-hmm. you know, so that they're surprised. You catch them off guard. I would tell the Sphinx my snail jokes because oh, no, no, they always win. Or some of your dirty limericks. Dirt, the dirty limericks are pretty good. I I must say I, I enjoy becoming. I, I enjoy that another path has made me a connoisseur of yes. dirty limericks. One of the tests is like um, like wakeboarding. Oh man, they they teleport you out, and the Sphinx is suddenly on on like, a boat, boat yeah. on a speedboat with a backwards cap and. Uh, sunglasses and a tank top and you're suddenly on a wakeboard and they look back and they give you the hang loose sign and they just gun it and you just gotta gotta stay on you gotta do some well you gotta do some sick flips like if you stay if you stay on you don't get murdered the sphinx will let you go well it's like one of those things like what if like you can't wakeboard like is it like is it like an inner tubing option you just gotta stay on the tube no no tough shit you gotta wakeboard what about knee boarding is that just wakeboarding, but you're on your knees? Yeah, it's like a wide thing. It's got there's like a strap that you kind of tuck your knees into. And I don't know. I don't think the Sphinxes. As much as I want to play in the space with you, I don't think the Sphinxes give a shit. Like That's if you fair. can't wakeboard, and their test revolves around wakeboarding, got a wakeboard. I don't think this. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think the Sphinx would go easy on you. That, you know, you're fair. It's it's very fair. I don't think that. I think you would just have to. Go for it, and if you're coming to this ancient treasure slash secret, secret, and I, I somehow slurred that a little bit. That was fun. It's okay. And you, if you're put in a situation where it is wakeboarding, you just kind of got to do it. You, you got to go pony up it. and do it. That put got to do yeah. that sweet flip. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, sweet flip. And you do have a time limit. Oh no, you've got like three minutes. Yeah, see, I feel like you know, in in the flip, just like the whole like switching hands on like the bar thing would be difficult. Mm. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I've never wakeboarded. I've knee boarded once, and it was pretty fun. I t- I tubed once. You got, got got that tubing? I think I I, I think I tubed once or twice. Tubing's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, good old lake times. Mm. But uh, anything else about in sphinxes the before, before we? Uh... I mean, no. Nah, I mean. Oh, holy shit. Oh my god. These guys are fucking rad. Oh, holy shit. Oh my god. These, These folks are, folks fucking, are fucking rad. Um, but yeah, it was nice. Thank you all for joining us on this kind of slightly different take yeah, of the Zach and Griffin's A, a little palate cleansing episode. Yeah, and we might do more of these in the future just because there's a lot of stuff out there in the fantasy realms and the multiverse that are very interesting that don't make good pets or would be illegal to be pets. Yes. 
and and d- horrifically immoral to be pets. Um, However, we want to talk about them. So sometimes we want to talk about them because they're fucking rad. They, these folks are fucking rad. So thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, if you enjoyed this show, check out the other shows on the Ghostlight Media Network. Mm-hmm. And like Another Path or uh, Imprinted Echoes. Or Shakespeare. Or I Missed It. Or I Missed It. Or Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Oh, wait, again? you're already here. What? You're already here. Uh, and as always, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast for any questions on creatures, on suggestions for potential pets, on maybe a new animal companion for like a D&D character or a, different, yeah. a character from a different campaign setting. You're about to pick up a Pact of the Chain for your warlock, and you're like, ah, shit, I don't know what I want my familiar to be. Call your boys. Call your boys, and we'll hook you up. Um, but other than that, that should be about it for us. I believe so. I, yeah, I believe so. So, so what should we do for our for our outro bit? For our outro bit. So our outro good old, bit. Good old episode 50. We, um, no, we can't do that. What? I was just gonna say. I'll, we, I'll cut it, but you can tell me. I was just gonna say we curse the audience. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just? What if we just don't do an outro bit? I don't know. Or is that sacrilege? Like I think that might be sacrilege. I think we have to do it, Griff. Okay. Fine. Um, okay. But just think about just just think about it for a second. Just think about how funny it would be if we just went. Bye, and that was it, and that was the end of the episode. Uh, I'm not gonna do that because I, as the editor, I do have the power, but I won't. You do, do have the power. Um, that would be something, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe our outro bit is we do it in old in ye old English. All right, I'll play with that. Uh, I'll play. Yea, verily, forsooth. W- well, w- shit. <laughs> that's it's been too long since I've done Shakespeare. That doth be all for us mortals. F- fa- farewell and good morrow. I hath been Griffin. And I hath been Zach. And do do, do recall... As the sun as the as the sun sets on our fair patronage, the empirical uh, reason of life shall always be the warmth of the heart shared between thine self and those around you. <laughs> Fare thee well. This episode the bit sucked. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to episode 50, the big 5-0 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the amazing people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Nate, Brayden, and Ice Deer Brewing for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. 
We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, stay healthy, go vote, and thank you all so much for 50 episodes together. We love you all very much. See you later. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.